The following audio is from First Hamilton Christian Reformed Church, where our vision is to be transformed by the gospel so that we can participate with God in his work of renewing all things in Christ. For more information about First Hamilton, visit www.firsthamilton.ca. We have made it. Hey, give yourself a good pat on the back for making it through Rhythms for Life. It's been a long journey. It's been a good journey. Um, And I think that our vine here represents the uh, length of time that we have been studying and looking at what Rhythms for Life look like. And so um, I I don't know if you remember uh, or if it's a little foggy when we began this series and our vine was itty bitty small. uh, And we began by asking the question of the adventure of faith, right? What is our adventure of faith? Is faith an adventure for us? And then dove into the rabbit hole of who God has made us to be, each one of us individually. You know, that, you know, takes what is my identity? Whose are we? And what about your personality, your roles, your values, your gifts, your talents, all of those things that make up who God has uniquely made you to be? Then we moved on to part two where we looked at, or we're looking at, we're going to conclude it this morning, we're looking at rhythms that lead to life. Rhythms of how God has made you uniquely that you can put that into practice. Things like our upward devotion to God, our inward, uh, you know, inward to self, and our union with Christ and how Christ is changing us, our withward in community, and now finally, our outward in mission. Missional rhythms are typically understood as the things that we go and do. Okay, so Nella read for us the the Great Commission, right? Go and make disciples. It's an active thing, which is why Alistair Stern calls it our outward rhythms. You know, this is... um, typically understood you know, or, or characterized, you know, we, when we think about mission, we think about Tom Cruise, right? And Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, always doing something outward, right? It's always action, 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 action-oriented. And so we can put that into our minds as we think of our outward rhythms. It's our action rhythms. But as I think back on my own life, it's not so simple. And uh, I've often struggled thinking through how I participate in God's mission. This started for me back in high school and then in university when I saw friends of mine and peers who were giving up a lot, who were sacrificing a lot of themselves to participate in God's mission. Friends who dropped out of university to travel to a different place in the world and take up some sort of action. A friend of mine gave up uh, playing on Redeemer's hockey team that I was a part of at that time uh, to uh, participate in the Friday Night Deeds ministry in downtown Hamilton. And as, as I looked around me and saw people who were making these incredible sacrifices, it heaped up a little bit of guilt on me personally. As I thought through and tried to make sense of how do I participate in God's mission? Does it mean I have to give up the things that I love too? Is it, is it something that is radical and only radical? 
Was I being too selfish with my time and money? Did I go on enough mission trips? As I grew older and my life began to pick up even more speed, specifically in the past three years, as, as Tracy and I have now had, had kids and the, the snowball of, of that you know, speed of life picks up and I have even less and less time to volunteer or to quote-unquote participate in God's mission. And the questions continue. How do I participate in God's mission when I don't have any time to do quote-unquote action? Am I alone in trying to wrestle through this? Even within the stories that I hear of First Hamilton, you know, this is a church that loves to participate in God's mission, and that is such a beautiful thing, and I want to affirm that. Right? There was this movement a bunch of years ago to transition to be a missional church, a church that is centered around action outward. But then there are words that come that are associated with that, such as fatigue, and questions of sustainability. How does this become not something that drains us, but something that leads to life? Right? Remember, this series that we're in is Rhythms for Life. How can we reconcile that? And so as we look at this passage at, in, in Mark's Gospel, the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and if we see this passage as kind of a foundation for all of Jesus' ministry, which I believe that it is, we can see three things that I think help us to build rhythms, outward rhythms for life. Three things, okay? Uh, when we pay attention to Jesus and how he lived, we can see that God's mission is bigger than we realize. It's closer than we think. And it's more personal than we could imagine. It's bigger, it's close, closer, and it's more personal. And these are three key things to building rhythms for life outward. Okay, so let's start with bigger. So participating in outward rhythms involves uh, seeing God's mission as bigger than we often think. As I said earlier, Mark's, uh, this passage in Mark's gospel is a foundational passage, and it sets the stage for the rest of the book. I love how Mark's gospel is so quick, right? Things happen so quickly, and this is Jesus coming onto the scene and making a statement. It's kind of like a manifesto for his ministry, and he went, it says that he went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is important for us to see and to uh, pause and reflect on because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the visible manifestation of all of God's character. And so when we look at Jesus, we see through Jesus, God himself. And we see how God works. And see, Jesus models for us the missionary God that we worship. The God who comes near. He moves towards his creation to proclaim to us good news. That's what Jesus came to do. Alistair Stern says that when we think about outward rhythms, missional rhythms, we should think about 
Jesus moving towards others in love. That's what mission means. It means moving towards others in love. And think about how many different ways Jesus did this for us. First, there was the gospel that he preached, the good news that he proclaimed. Right? He taught people about God, and he taught people how to live ethically. Right? He said, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said, don't murder. He, he told us to, to, um, to pray. He taught us how to live. This is all wrapped up in, in the good news. And then there were times where he offered compassion to people, right? He healed people of demons, of disease, of sickness. He forgave sin. He was compassionate, and, and he was a, God, a, a man of justice. He moved towards us in love by tangible action. And then another way is that he, uh, he showed us how to get right with God. Right, so he, he taught us, just recap, he taught us how to live in relationship with God. He taught, he, he, he was involved in tangible actions of good towards other people. And he, he showed us how to get right with God, where, you know, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It's, it's about grace through Jesus Christ that we are saved. And so all of these th three things can be wrapped up in the good news. These are all good news for, this is all good news for our world. It's all three. And so the mission of God made visible to us in Jesus is not just about compassion. It's not just about justice. It's not just about um, repent and believe. It's not just about this is how you ought to live. It's all of these things. One pastor uh, I was reading uh, put it like this. He said, mission is the practical demonstration, whether by speech or by action, of the glorious lordship of Jesus. And so when we participate in God's mission, we do all of the things that Jesus did. We move towards people in love through acts of compassion. We move towards other people in love by telling people how God's made us to work, to live, to, to how, how, he's, how he's created us as human beings, what we need to flourish, and how we get right with God. That we all need Jesus as our Savior to forgive us of our sin. And so, as we think about participating in God's mission, we can see it as much bigger than what we often think about. And so for you this morning, sitting there, I want you to think about, think about what does it mean then to be a missionary? To be somebody who lives like Jesus did, proclaiming good news as you live your life as an electrician. Or as you live your life as a teacher. Or as you live your life as a parent. Remember, mission is the practical demonstration, whether by speech or by action, of the glorious lordship of Jesus. It's so much bigger than how we often think about it. Outward rhythms 
begin by expanding, expanding our idea of the mission of God. Second is that the mission of God is also closer than we often think. Uh, what I find so interesting and encouraging for us is that Jesus didn't go anywhere important to begin living outwardly. If you look at uh, Mark, he tells us very, uh, at the very beginning of the, the, the passage, he says, Jesus went into, what town did, did you read that? Galilee. Now, uh, in Jesus' time, uh, places were very important. If you wanted to, to do something, if you wanted to be a part of a movement, if you wanted to participate in something meaningful, you would go to the big cities. You know, Jerusalem for the Israelites and the Jewish people. It would, you know, Rome would be a place. It was, you know, it's the same for us, too, if you think about it. If you want to participate in something important, you go to the big city. You go to Toronto. You go to New York City. You go to L.A. You go to Paris. That's where things happen. But Jesus began living outwardly by going to what was close to him, not, by what, not to what was important in his world. He was from the region of Galilee, and he went there to begin his ministry. We often, I think, think that, you know, if we want to participate in God's mission, we have to go somewhere. We have to get on a plane. We have to go downtown. We have to come to the church. But what if that's not the only place that God's mission, that we can participate in God's mission? What if it's right in front of us? What if it's in our Galilee? And so what is your Galilee? What is the place that's right in front of you? That's closer than you probably think is, is comfortable. See, if the kingdom of God has come near to Galilee, then it's come near to us in our place, too. In the Delta neighborhood. On Governor's Road. Right? In Caledonia. At your workplace. At your university. At your college. At your high school. God's kingdom has come near. And therefore, we proclaim good news everywhere we go. Alistair Stern uh, helpfully encourages us in how close God's mission is and how easily we can participate in it by saying this. He says, if you change diapers or cook meals, head to meetings or hire employees, care for friends or take time to build new relationships, none of these things are beyond the scope of God's mission. Love is on the move in the normal, everyday realities that make up our lives. We can turn our attention to what is directly in front of us. We only need to be aware of his presence in that place. The place where God is inviting you to live missionally is the place that's actually right in front of you. Sure, there's other things. You know, mission trips are wonderful. Doing, uh, you know, serving at places. Downtown Hamilton is is. A wonderful thing, but that's not the only place that God's mission is, uh, is participated in. We can do that in what is right in front of us. Begin by naming the people close to you, the people that God has placed right in front of your face 
and called you to love. Name them. Learn their stories. For me, that begins, this is a good rhythm to get into, right? For me, you know, this week as I reflected, my neighbors, you know, love Cindy, who just moved to Hamilton from BC, as I love myself. Love Aaron, who asks the same parenting questions that I do as myself. Love Bob, who loves the Leafs more than I do as myself. The kingdom of God is coming near to us, right in front of us. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Lastly, outward rhythms are much more personal. Outward rhythms take an immense amount of courage. And I wonder sometimes if we find it so much easier to hop on a plane and go to a different continent and then come back home to live our lives than we would if we saw engaging in God's mission happening each and every day. Because it takes guts to live that consistently and that intentionally. It takes sacrifice to name and love our neighbors, to move towards the people around us in love and compassion. I think that, the, that courage is one of the most important virtues in the first step outward. Because it's, outward living is usually with the people that are most close to us. And so... How can we, how can we put our skin in the game? How can we have that that courage to build outward rhythms in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our cities? We often think, you know, how will I be received? What if I get it wrong? What if I have to give up a certain way of life to live like this? So how can we get the courage to live outward? I think it comes down to how personal Jesus is to us. Is Jesus your ultimate missionary? Did he move towards you in love? Did he come into your life and build you up in his grace? Is Jesus' good news to you the best news in the world? This is personal, and it has to be. We will never be able to muster up enough courage on our own to move towards the people around us in love unless we see that by sheer grace Jesus has moved towards us. He courageously didn't just give his time, didn't just give his money, didn't just give a meal. He gave himself, his whole self for you. I wonder if if Jesus felt the fear that we feel when we think about living outwardly to our neighbors and our friends and our communities when he humbled himself and came near to us from heaven. 
Now, Jesus emptied himself, packed up his boxes, and moved into a tiny baby because of love. And on the cross, he had even more stripped away from him. He lost everything. He lost his followers. He lost his dignity. He lost his father. And he suffered deeply for you. Jesus moved towards us in the greatest act of love. But that's not the whole story. The whole story is that Jesus moved towards us in love, died on the cross for our sin, and rose again. He defeated death. He triumphed over death, and he, he rewired the way that our world works. And so now we can access courage through Jesus, courage enough to live passionate, outward lives. Nelson Mandela once said that courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is triumphing over fear. And, in, and Jesus triumphed over every single, every single fear that we have in our lives. A fear of being rejected? No, we're accepted by God. A fear of not being loved? No, we are eternally loved by God the Father through Jesus Christ. A fear of being, of being seen as, as stupid or foolish? No, no, God thinks that in, in Jesus Christ we are wise, right? That, that, that is... Everything that we fear in our lives will come true for us, won't, because of Jesus Christ. And that, friends, is courage that we need to live outward lives of mission. This is the only way, I think, to uh, find rhythms, outward rhythms for life is to find our motivation not in guilt that we aren't doing enough, not in trying to be seen as good people, but in gratitude for what Jesus Christ has done for us. How do we put this into practice? Enter the table of our Lord. See, the mission and the missionary God is modeled for us in this table in front of us. As God gathers us, his people, around this meal to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. In the Lord's Supper, Jesus moves towards each one of us in love by the power of his Holy Spirit. And as you hear that invitation this morning of the table, that all who are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and who are sorry for their sins, to come and receive the gifts of grace. And as you walk forward to receive this bread and this cup, you can hear Jesus whisper into your ear, I love you. I gave myself for you. In this, Jesus feeds us and nourishes us and strengthens us. And then, after we've been fed, after we've been loved, after we've been cared for and nourished, he says, now go. Now go. And do for others what I have done for you. Move towards others in love like I have moved towards you. Oh yeah, and I will be with you always 
to the end of the age. Three umbrella rhythms, outward rhythms, for us to begin to think about. First is hospitality. How do we offer hospitality to others? How does the Lord's Supper show us how we offer hospitality to others? Second, generous service. How do you serve others with a generous heart? What are the rhythms of generous service in your life? We participate in God's table and we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again, meaning generous service on Jesus' part. He died on the cross for us to serve us, to love us. How does that inspire you to serve and love others? And faith, lastly. How do you share your faith with others as Jesus has proclaimed the good news to us? Good news for you is good news for our world. You know, we don't always have to get on the plane or go downtown to engage in outward rhythms. God's mission is bigger and closer and more personal than we think. Let's pray. Father, we can, um, we can see the, the candle that's lit on the communion table, reminding us of your presence with us. We can smell the bread and the cup. And, um, and we're eager to, to come and to be nourished at your table. As we uh, come together around this meal, Father, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would work uh, in us and that we would see just how um, you have moved towards us in love. Inspire us, Lord, to, to do the same in our, in our lives, that we may build outward rhythms for life, um, rhythms that uh, proclaim the good news of the kingdom. You've come near to us. You've come near to our world, and you will come near again when you come and make all things new. Uh, Father, uh, we, do this, um, we do this wrong all the time. We ignore uh, opportunities to engage in your mission. Forgive us and empower us by your Spirit to reflect and model uh, your love to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.